Hello, and welcome to another episode of Forgotten Fantasy, a Gamers Illogical production. We're back at it this week with an extra long episode, chapter 4 and chapter 5 of part 3. Okay, and I hope you enjoy. We'll see what happens to our protagonist this time. Chapter 4 The Woman's Voice Sang in Sadness. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that borns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Matthew shouted, the singing stopped. The noise of children drifted into Conchie's dreams. He woke with a heavy heart. The dreams faded away, but the sounds of children remained. He threw off his bed covers and dressed. He longed for a shower, or at least water to clean his face and hands. Like his other self, the only plumbing was a hole in the floor. He padded over to the door. Tonchi checked around the shutter for any signs of sunlight. Finding none, he shoved it back and looked out the small window. Chatter echoed in the cell. A puff of air chilled his face. It even smelt cold. The boy and girl pushed and rolled large balls of snow. He watched them put one on top of another. They shoved a carrot into the side of the top ball. Radishes created eyes. Another carrot became the mouth. Bits of dead pine outlined a coat. Christian glanced over and saw Tonchi's face at the window. The boy sent a furtive look in the direction of the house, then turned and waved. Tonchi waved back. Christian hurried over to the door. You like our snowman? He tipped up a pixie face. Yes, it has a nice nose, Tonchi said. The boy reminded him of Maru as a child. The same white hair peeped out from under his brown wool tube. Would he never think of his children except sadness? It's a graven image, Christian said. A thou shalt not. Mama doesn't like us making it, but Papa says leave us be. It's fun to make a snowman. It's a sin. I guess you liking it proves it. A note of fear crept into Christian's voice. Mama says you eat naughty children. But St. Harold was good, wasn't he? I don't know a St. Harold. The child martyr you ate. A door slammed. Christian dashed across the yard like a frightened rabbit. Tonchi remembered the boy from long ago, his bristly black hair like Chang as a baby, and leaned his forehead against the door. These children brought too much pain. Meekly came out of the house and pointed at the snowman. Thou shalt not make graven images. Take that apart now. Leave the children alone. Matthew squeezed by her, followed by Jebediah. A graven image is a graven image. Not all of us are corrupted by foreign ways, Meekly said. We stayed away from the worldly as best we could, as you well know from your interrogation of Jebediah. Meekly lowered her eyes. It's a demon, a cannibal, a monster. I worry. Matthew put an arm around her shoulders. We'll pray over this when I return. The Lord will protect us. Meekly nodded. She shooed the children into the house. The two jailers walked across to the cell. Jebediah carried a cage containing three rabbits. Matthew, a brown paper package. Matthew opened the door. 
Jebediah placed the cage on the floor at the back of the cell. The package contained a black hooded sweatshirt, a scarf, and mittens. Out in the yard and exercise, Matthew gestured at the new clothing. Tonchi pulled them on, then stepped out of the cell and crouched down. He pulled off a mitten and touched the snow with a fingertip and picked up some in his hand. He had only seen it on mountaintops before, where it was light and pebbly, not like the split heavy snow at all. It was like tiny bits of perfect spider web glinted in the courtyard lights. His palm ached with the cold of it. The snow melted into liquid. Tanchi picked up some more. He touched it with his tongue and grinned as the cold fizz dissolved into water. Jebediah and Matthew chuckled, shaking their heads at each other. I wouldn't eat snow, Matthew said. You don't know who's walked on it, not to mention the cat. Tanchi grimaced, rubbed the snow off his hand, and put on the mitten. He stood up. I'm going to do Inoten now. What is it? Matthew asked. I don't know in March words to explain. Tanchi cleared a large space of snow. He ran his foot back and forth on the ground to see how slippery it was, then started the slow warm-up movements. The practice leaped into punches, kicks, and whirls. Matthew and Jebediah looked uncomfortable. When Tanchi darted from one side of the courtyard to the other, they clicked their lasers, ready to fire. He heard them and slowed his movements. Eyes watched from the window of another cell. Tanchi bowed and salaamed in their direction, then returned to his practice with a whirl and a kick. Jebediah unlocked the cell door and brought out a woman huddled in a quilt. She leaned weakly against the frame. Bruised eyes glowered in a clear and pain-puffed face. Her short hair was matted at one side, stood up at the other. Have air with your dark lord, Jebediah said, his stutter worsening. I don't know that man at all, she said. I thought a demon and a Jebediah breathed the word witch. He descended into silence. I'm not a witch, I'm a nun, the woman said. Nuns, Matthew snorted, heretics, rebel terrorists. The woman ignored him and studied Tonchi. He says you're a demon. Are you Rhymer's vampire? Yes. Then I'm talking to my executioner. If they say so, Tonchi's heart sank. Another indignity at the hands of Rhymer. Matthew glanced at his watch. Jebediah, get the shackles and the sack. Rhymer wants to see him. Matthew and Jebediah let Tonchi into a room. Tonchi heard the clunk and whoosh of weights and pulleys, grunts of pain, leather-headed flesh, his stomach clenched. You're in the gladiator training area, not a torture chamber, Matthew whispered. Tonchi nodded in gratitude. Kowtow, Rhymer said from Tonchi's left. Tonchi obeyed. I have a use for you. You could make me a lot of money. Gladiator snorted with contempt. Come in, you men, by the door. Gather round. Do a little gambling. The night chaplain's not in yet. The vampire's going to fight for us. Rise, vampire. Tanchi stood, and Matthew and Jebediah led him forward. Tanchi heard the betting. The odds fell against him. Matthew pulled off the sack. You a gambling man? Tanchi murmured under his breath. Sometimes, Matthew looked guilty. Then bet on me. Worth your while, Tanchi said. Matthew shot him a puzzled look as he unlocked the shackles. Tanchi raised his eyebrows and gave him a slight nod. My dancing is a type of fighting. Matthew grinned bundled up the shackles, muttered instructions to Jebediah, and dissolved into the crowd. Tanchi found himself in the middle of a painted white circle. Gladiators and guards crowded at the edges. 
He pulled off his jacket, sweater, and shirt. A murmur ran through the spectators. 666, the mark of the beast. Reimer smirked. Tonchi sat down on the floor and removed his boots and socks, handing them to Jebediah. His strange actions amused the crowd. William, you have the honor. Reimer motioned to the beefiest of the gladiators. William sneered as he stepped into the circle. Tonchi bowed and salaamed. The fighter almost choked with laughter. He steamed towards Tonchi. The vampire vanished. William turned. Tonchi stood beside him. The boxer threw a punch and his arm wrenched as he flew through the air. The gladiator landed face up with his breath knocked out. Tonchi kneeled over him and smiled, showing his fans. William hoisted his legs, clasped them around Tonchi and pulled him off. Tonchi somersaulted with the motion, ending up on his back. William jumped on top and held him with a beefy hand to the neck. He looked down and raised his fist. Tonchi stared up. William collapsed. Tonchi flipped the boxer onto his back and hissed. Too easy. He clamped his fangs onto the throat. The hot blood flowed into him and burned off the chair. Wonderful, Reimer said. Fight in the dome will attract millions of viewers. Please, sir, don't let William die this way, another gladiator said. Reimer motioned. Matthew and Jebediah stepped to either side of Tonchi and grasped his arms. He shook them off with a strength they didn't know he possessed. Tonchi shuddered as the life force hit. He sighed and pulled out his fangs. Not a drop had spilled. William lay marble white and still. He was dead. He murdered him. The beast murdered him. The devil sucked his soul, William's friend roared. Tonchi tipped his head to one side, studied the second gladiator and licked his lips. The boxer lunged. Tonchi stepped to one side. The other gladiators grabbed William's friend and held him fast. I'll get you. By the power of Christ, I'll destroy you. The boxer struggled to get free. David, don't carry on. Death happens. You'll have your chance at revenge. Someone give him a hypo. Reimer dismissed him with a wave. A medic obliged, and David stopped as if court. Reimer rubbed his hands together. Settle up your bets, boys. Matthew and Jebediah arrived at the courtyard, full of victorious bravado. The guards held no affection for gladiators. Matthew and Tonchi exchanged amiable grins as the guard whipped off the sack and shackles. What have you been up to? Have you been gambling? Meekly narrowed her eyes. Jebediah put the vampire away. Matthew's good humor vanished. My good wife, the husband, is the head of the woman. Women should remain silent. Meekly reddened, she lowered her eyes and walked back into the house. Tomorrow it'll be noisy in the day, Matthew said. Workers are coming to computerize the cell doors. I've been asking for ages, and the arrival of you causes the change. I should thank you. You're welcome. Tonchi's heart soared. Freedom. He brought himself back to earth. Could I have a bath or shower? You're not dirty. That's vanity and sloth, Matthew said. That's a matter of opinion. Tonchi ran a hand through his sweaty, greasy hair. Several ideas had occurred to him. I'm to kill the witch woman. On my planet, the execution mates with such a prisoner. Can I have her? You want to mate? You want to take her? Matthew gaped. I didn't think vampires. Of course, she appeals to me. So that's why you want to wash. Sure, why not? You may not come back from your fight. It's something we do for the other gladiators. Why not you? Thank you. No snacks. Reimer will have his death. Jebediah brought a thermos of coffee, pitcher of cold water, a bowl of soap, and a washcloth and a terry towel. 
Tonchi thanked him and stripped to his waist even before the guard left. He poured a little water over his head and winched. Matthew and Jebediah shoved the woman into the cell. Matthew cuffed her on the head before he slammed the door. Tonchi turned. She straightened, stiff, with arms crossed over a robe that, though stained with blood and filthy, Tonchi recognized as similar to Mother Mary's. A white scarf covered her messy hair. Tonchi realized she had ripped the pillowcase to make the head covering. He salaamed. I greet you, holy nun. I asked for you so we could talk. Nothing else. Tonchi placed the jug to warm on the grill of the deep bed. Is there a religious reason why my washing water's cold? Not to mention the lack of deodorant and perfume. It all seems to come down to that on this planet. She stared at him. The other humans I met were, met were careful to keep clean because of their many diseases, he said. The woman said nothing. Cleanliness is the sign of a civilized society. The woman's mouth twitched. You're thinking something. You spoke before. Murdering people by drinking their blood is more than uncivilized. He pointed at the animal cages. I normally feed on animals or enemy soldiers. My name's Tonchi. Sister Kate. Kate. I had a sister called Kay. She, her children, my wife and children, my family and clan, two million in Zalab were burned to ashes by your people. The new Puritans have done the same and worse to march. Are you a rebel? Yes. To become a nun is to become a heretic and a rebel. Nuns and monks, even priests, are banned. I also teach children, especially girls, to read and write, sing and dance. Told them the truth, that the new Puritans are fighting a civil war. A civil war? Why did I think humans and now all the march act the same? Taunchy shook his head as his, at his idiocy. The woman braced against the wall, placed a shaking hand against her forehead and sobbed. It's very warm in here. Please sit down. Taunchy pulled out the wooden chair tucked under his table. She flopped onto the chair. Coffee? You can eat animal food like carrots. Yes, I can't remember when I last ate. I fed recently. Taunchy couldn't stop a smirk. But I could manage a rabbit for you. Anne and John ate the meat of our drained animals. Sister Kate clutched her stomach. No, no. Maybe a little warm water mixed with the animal pellets could work. Thank you. Tonchi poured coffee into his mug and into the thermos lid. He handed Sister Kate the, li Kate the lid, bowed and took a sip of his coffee. She looked puzzled but gave him a small nod back before she sipped. A tear slipped out of one of her swollen eyes. He handed her a carrot. She crunched greedily like one of Tonchi's food animals. He turned over the thought that Rhymer had decided that was her food. Tonchi pulled out the guinea pig's feeding bowl, filled it with pellets, poured over it a small amount of lukewarm water from the pitcher, and handed it to Sister Kate. I know humans, at least the ones I met on the space station, use spoons, but I don't have any. Fingers before forks, she scooped up the mush, and yes, the cold water is a religious thing. Comfort's a vanity. When my parents were young, Things were different. An ecological disaster gave the new Puritans the opportunity to take over. Our sins and excesses caused the disaster, you see. Maybe they did, but the Puritans have done much worse in their drive for religious purity. March was once part of the peace alliance. Are people still free in the galaxy? Tonchi shrugged. I know very little about humans. The people on the space station seem to be. My people are supposed to be, as long as you don't fall afoul of the regent or clan name. Rhymer braves to the public that he's captured the hero Huan, the emperor of the vampires. I'm Pain On, shunned. I have no rancor clan. 
Tachi turned his back to her and showed his fading scars. A flogging was the parting gift of my people. His mouth turned down. What did you do? Ran afoul of our regent. Your burn scars? Tortured on Reiner's ship. ship. I was worried they had captured my brother and Anne. They didn't. It was a lie. Tanchi gave her a small smile. I heard them murdering Mohammed. Sister Kate shuddered. He never recanted. He's a martyr for Islam. Her mouth quivered. I denied my order, Mary of the Immaculate Heart, and the Church of Christ Universal. She sobbed, and the empty bowl and the half-filled furnace lid shook in her hands. Few people can resist torture. What's said under torture means very little. I should know. Torture and the threat of torture have controlled me for years. I lost my pride long ago. Reimer's torture meant nothing compared to what my own people have done to me. Tanchi poured the now warm water from the pitcher into the bowl. He soaked the washcloth and lathered soap on it. He handed her the cloth, and she pressed it against her face. I kowtow to him, but my thoughts are my own. Yes, yes, the Puritans want to control my thoughts, but I only said what they wanted to stop the pain. In my heart, I'm still a nun. Kate gave a slight wobbly smile. No one can separate me from the love of God. Lucky you. He examined Sister Kate's injured face. Our spit has healing properties. May I help your swollen eyes? Anne thought it was disgusting. Sister Kate nodded. Tanchi spit on his first two fingers and stroked her closed eyes. After a few moments, the swelling decreased, though dark bruises remained under her eyes. Sister Kate opened her eyes. I can see so much better now. You're very kind. It's odd. Did you know that Christ healed the blind by spitting in their eyes? Dogs and cats and other animals have healing properties in their saliva. It's not unusual. Perhaps he had a mutation. We prefer to think of it as a miracle. You like the woman, Anne, you mentioned, don't you? She was kind to me. No need to feel offended at others' treatment of me. But she was. A nice person. Even if she was a human and a Christian. No offense. None taken. Anne's still a virgin. I couldn't stand the thought of such an innocent in the hands of the march. Sister Kate stared at the floor. A shudder ran through her. She bit her lower lip. I'm no longer a pure bride of Christ. Kukue flew into Tanchi's mind, screaming as the nude pulled her away. Chang born early. He had never asked, and she had never offered. A good husband understands. Your monk'll still honor you, he said. I'm celibate. At least I was. Oh, they've offended your God. My God's your God. Their wrath is mighty. The new Puritan's days are numbered. I'll be long dead before they are. I want to talk to you about that. Is the body burned right after you die? No cremation. You must remain whole for judgment day when the dead rise. Are you buried here, or can your relatives take you? I really don't want to think about my execution. Tanchi pursed his lips. I don't want you buried away. It's not pleasant. My order will pay for my execution and take me away, I'm sure of it. Sister Kate looked up with hope in her face. You're not going to kill me? No. Tanchi grinned. I'll hypnotize you, put you to sleep, and take a little blood to make it seem real. You'll seem dead to the Puritans, but will wake up surrounded by your religious brothers and sisters. Will that turn me into a vampire? No. You're a human, not a wild animal that must be changed before bread for food, Tanchi said. Sister Kate blanched. Sorry, that didn't come out the way I meant. You'll be fine, waking from a nightmare that's blown away by the perfumed evening air. Sister Kate struggled with a yawn. 
Matthew won't be back until morning. Please lie down on my bed, Conchie said. I'm awake in the night. Sister Kate hesitated. He pulled back the covers. I would never purposely invoke the rage of a god, particularly your god, who seems to hate my very existence. I have enough troubles. God loves even the littlest sparrow, despite what the new Puritans say. I can't imagine you're the only creatures he hates. Sister Kate crawled into the bed, and Tanchi covered her with the quilt. He turned off the rickety lamp on his table, a blessed relief, and sat down cross-legged on the mat to meditate and think. Sister Kate shifted uneasily in the bed. After a while, he asked, Do the rebels hate Menendek? No, Sister Kate said. We understand your aliens, not demons. How would I get to them if, say, I managed to escape? No one escapes from this prison. But if I did, you would travel north. The rebels control the land in the north. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Tanchi worked on various schemes and plots until the squeal of drills from the farthest cells heralded the dawn. Matthew arrived to take away Sister Kate. He frowned at the sight of her in the bed, and Tanchi felt relieved at the knowledge that Kate's abusers weren't his jailers. Feed her well, Tanchi said. A starving creature isn't very nourishing. He sent Sister Kate a quick wink as they left. Jebediah stomped in, picked up the cage of guinea pigs, and started to leave. Where are you going with that? Tanchi asked. I'm not done with them. Rhymer's orders. Matthew had returned to the doorway. No. Tanchi realized what they were up to. He grabbed the cage out of Jebediah's arms. Matthew aimed his laser. All the animals go. You'll eat enough in the dome. Tanchi lowered the cage to the floor. Jebediah seized it and rushed out. Tanchi sat down on the bed, still warm from Sister Kate, and watched the guard re- guards remove all his food. He hissed at them. They ignored him. We're not stupid, Matthew said. The door bolt slid across with a bang of inevitability. Tanchi buried his head in his hands. Chapter 5 Tanchi opened his eyes. He rested in an open coffin, his arms crossed on his chest. Someone had dressed him in his cape and clean march clothes, a special occasion. He sat up. A murmur of satisfaction ran through the crowd. Every one of them pumped sweet blood through their veins. No way to get to them. High, smooth walls surrounded the arena. He sensed humans beyond the barred entrance gate in the far wall. Guards with lasers? Tanchi stared across the floor to a small stage. A blue-gowned woman, her wrist manacled to a pole, stared back at him. His mind screamed, Kukuye! He recognized Sister Kate. Tanchi vaulted out of the coffin hissed and bared his fangs at the prey. He ran across the arena and up the steps of the platform and stopped in front of her. Sister Kate bowed her head in silent prayer. She raised her head. I know they've done something to you. I heard your cries and howls these past nights, like a trapped beast. You're not in your right mind. I don't want to kill you. Tanchi licked his lips. I'm sorry. It's all right. Tonight I'll sit at God's feet with the saints. I forgive you. What's forgiveness? Oh, to apologize and never know forgiveness. It means I don't hate you. I'm not angry at you. I love you with Christ's love. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. The scent of her skin and her blood engulfed him. Tanchi surrounded Sister Kate with his warm cape. Her heart fluttered, a wild bird against his chest. Tanchi cupped her face in his hands and stared into her eyes. 
swim in the green rivers of summer. He caught her as she collapsed forward. Silence blanketed the audience. If he lowered her to the stage and backed away, he could still save her. Tanchi pressed the madness down. It rose up. He fought it. The humanness of her engulfed him. Just a small cut. Just a morsel. He bent and bit. The blood flowed into his mouth. He sucked. Her life rushed into him. Tanchi removed his fangs. His fingers opened her eyelids to check, though he knew the answer. Sister Kate rested dead and still in his arms. Her head lolled back. Sister's dead eyes stared at him. I forgive you. Tanchi pounded the floorboards, glared up at the excited crowd. You're the beast! You're the beast! he roared. The arena gate opened. Four brownie gladiators ran out to cheers and huge applause. Two carried long, sharpened wooden stakes. One swung a net and a trident, and the fourth, the vengeful David, gripped a sword and highly polished shield. Tanchi rose and straightened before his enemy. Rage and blood madness churned in him. He snarled and threw off the cape. The net soared through the air. It fell empty. Tanchi sent it whirling back over the owner. The gladiator tripped and fell. The men with stakes steamed up the stairs. He grabbed the wooden spear of the first and with a kick sent the two of them tumbling back down the stairs. Tanchi turned and threw a javelin into the heart of the gladiator covered with the net. David screamed and slashed at Tanchi's legs. Tanchi leaped over the sword. Rearmed, the first warriors jumped onto the stage and jabbed. Tanchi somersaulted over them and, and off the platform. The warriors jumped after him. Tanchi pulled the wooden spear from the dead gladiator. A stake careened towards his back. He sidestepped, and the momentum made the warrior stab the dead body. Tanchi jumped and kicked, crushing ribs and sending the two men sprawling. He whirled and plunged his stake into a second gladiator's body. David's sword swished toward Tanchi's head. The crowd urged him on. Tanchi ducked and kicked away his shield. His arm snaked over David's forearm and twisted the wrist holding the sword down in the way. They grunted, struggling together. Tanchi flipped David to the floor, stamped his wrist, and the sword clattered away. He jumped on top of him and bent down. David's hand searched and found his sword. He swung it up. Tanchi ripped out David's throat. Blood spurted up. He drank from the crisp crimson fountain of life. The body jerked into death. The sword clanged to the floor. The remaining gladiator had recovered his wind. He scrambled up and away. Tanchi shrieked, all blood and fangs, and pounced. The prey bucked beneath him, then stilled in the green burn of his eyes. Tanchi fed. The devil sucks the soul of his witch, and she gives him strength, Brimer's amplified voice said. He wins today, but the Lord who judges is mighty. The new sunships will cleanse the planet. Last time some demons escaped in their tunnels. Next time they will die. Our brave soldiers will burn the planet of our brave soldiers will burn the planet of the scourge of the vampires. Then will come a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem for the blessed people of God. The crowd cheered. Six guards ran out and surrounded Tanchi. They pointed their lasers. He ignored them and fed. One of the guards shot his laser past Tanchi's head to make him understand they meant business. The gladiator died. Tanchi stood up. Fresh and drying blood saturated him. His skin was flushed, his eyes dimmed from emeralds to plain bottle green. I want my own guards, he said. Matthew and Jebediah stepped forward. Tanchi let them shackle him. He hissed when Matthew brought out the sack. His guard pocketed it. His jailers led them away. Your mother's right, 
I'll ask the senator to discharge us. I've done more than my time, Matthew said. Satan dwells here. They stopped at the iron door to the courtyard. Matthew covered Tonchi with his cape before they conducted him to his cell. The door slid open with Matthew's palm print. The upgrade was finished. Every door sported the latest in technology. The guards slammed the cell door closed, muttering to each other as they walked away. Tonchi tossed off his case, cape. Tonchi tossed off his cape and peeled off his bloody shirt. He wished the cell contained a shower. The pitcher was long dry. Sister Kate's trusting face swam before him. He broke into sobs and begged his tears to clean the blood away. The taint would never leave. The lights in the courtyard blinked out. Tanchi would not stay another instant in this place. He pulled on Anne's sweater and his hooded sweatshirt, put on the cape and tucked the mittens in his pants pocket. He tossed the scarf around his neck. Tanchi rolled up his bedclothes and tucked the tw quilt around them. The illusion would give him a whole day before the alarm sounded. Before the sun rose, he would find a freight train to hide in. He pressed his hands against the new electronic door and told the computer he was Matthew. It swished aside. Tanchi crouched in the doorway and glanced around. His jailer's house was dark and sleeping. Tanchi locked the door behind him. Let them figure that one out. A shade slipped into the courtyard, through the each entrance door, and into the prison. No security cameras guarded the halls. Thank goodness for the sin of vanity. Tanchi slipped down corridors and stairs. He came to an unoccupied security terminal. Tanchi pressed his hands against it. The layout of the prison rushed into his mind, further digging, and he found a map of, of a security bunkhouse. He smiled. It belonged to Reimer. When the fleet arrived, he would direct them to it. He told himself it was too much for one person. His fear of torture if captured had nothing to do with forgetting his revenge. The time would come. Tanchi arrived at an outside utility door that opened from the inside. He turned off its alarm and pushed it open. The door led to a scrubby yard beside the railway tracks. A freight train with an open car stood on a siding. The words on its side read, Northern Line. Tanchi thanked whatever god had taken pity on him. He had an odd feeling that it was the god of Anne and Sister Kate. Tanchi pulled his hood over his head and wound the scarf around his face. His breath against the scarf warmed his skin against the bitter cold. He timed the movements of the lights. A ninja cloud shadow floated across the yard. He clambered into the freight train. It started to snow and his footprints disappeared. The train lurched but remained stopped. Guards called out. Tanchi hid behind a few boxes in a corner. A flashlight beam gave a hasty scan of the car, and the guards moved on. Tanchi remembered to breathe. The train pulled out of the siding and through the station, away from the prison and the city. Once it picked up speed, Tanchi crawled from behind the boxes and sat in the shadows. His, his stomach had a small pot belly, enough blood inside him to last a month or more. Perhaps Sister Kate's death wasn't entirely in vain. He drew his cape close around him. The passing countryside looked seared and rocky, where the snow had blown away. No crops grew. In the heavens, the clouds separated, revealing a bit of sky. Tanchi scanned it, looking for any sign of the fleet. It revealed nothing. They're coming. The march will be the planet destroyed, not Menendek, he thought. In front of the train, a bright star played hide-and-seek. Tanchi tried to orient himself. He decided that he looked at a northern star. Someone, somewhere on the broken expanse, a wolf, or something like it, howled. 
Tonchi held back. He was free. In his whole life, he had never been so free. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the last part of part three. I think we're going to take a couple week break because it's Christmas and New Year's and we're going to upload a, another podcast in a couple weeks. We do live stream video game content, although we're on a bit of a hiatus. We are streaming every so often. It's not regular. Uh, we might have a stream Friday on uh, December 18th on our wedding anniversary which happy holidays and Merry Christmas we wish you well here at Gamers Logical Productions our Facebook is slash Forgotten Fantasy and our Twitter is at Gamers Logical thank you again for listening take care and good health Bye-bye now.